Hello, and we are back for once again, the start of something new. We are talking High School Musical, the musical, the series, on this episode of the Once Upon a Stream podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Shook, along with my co-host, Me! Megan Man, she's back with us. And so this is another one of the original, like, completely original content that started at launch with Disney Plus. And so after we got all of our East High pride and the hype of it of talking about the original three movies last week, it just felt natural now to talk about this spinoff series. And so um, really first heard about it of getting like within like full trailer and all of that um, was kind of D23 when that was announced. And so um, they actually... There was a big push for this uh, as far as they started the whole D23 panel by having the cast reform. And so um, oh, really? they did a little bit. So um, Joshua Bassett, who plays um, Ricky, and then um, Olivia Rodrigo, who plays Nini, um, they came out, they sang Start of Something New, just like the chorus. And then it broke out into everyone singing. We're all in this together with like... Oh, cute. Acro dancers and like confetti. Oh, and it was, it was the whole like get hyped starting <laughs> everything off. And so got to see like the talent of like most of these like cast members in person. Although, cough, cough, EJ doesn't sing great live. But, um, yikes. Yeah. But That's as a fact. As you can't fight that. I don't know. The rest That's of the saying. cast was awesome and like I was into it. But still very skeptical about the series because then they showed the trailer and there's like that millennial joke right off the bat. And you're just like, oh, goodness, what are they doing here? I'm very nervous. Like, there was high potential for this to be very bad. Yeah, it did. And so I I was cringing, but also kind of watched anyway out of like wanting to see the train wreck because I was wondering is this going to be like smash season two where you just watch and always wondering what is happening even and just watching like you hate watch it sing. you hate watch it hate watching it but like also, also in like kind a of of laughing at the absurdity yeah yeah and so that's kind of what brought me into wanting to give this show a chance but Megan, what were kind of your first impressions of just kind of hearing about the series as a concept and also hearing that full title of High School Musical, the musical, the series? Oh, God, it's such a mouthful. Oh, I hate it so much. But when you watch it, is it when you either you either IMDb it or you click it on Disney Plus? It just says High School Musical, the series. And I'm like, thank you. That's it. That's all you need. I don't need the 20 other. I don't need that. I just don't. But... I, okay, so I did not have a clear concept of what this show was supposed to be. So when I read it, uh, I I don't know what, I think I skimmed something, obviously, since I didn't get the full picture. I skimmed something that said it was going to be about a school putting on a production of High School Musical that had, like, a documentary style to it. So I'm like, so it's, so somehow in my brain I equated that to, so it's a reality series about a high school that is going to put 
on High School Musical at their school. Okay, that's where I'm at. Not interested. Not at all. And then curiosity takes over. It's very much like, you know, the like phrase when talking about screenwriting of like hat on a hat. It's yeah. It's very much hat on a hat on a hat of so you have like so it's at the school where they filmed High School Musical. So it is like the same locations and everything from the original movies. And I think that's what made me think that it was going to be a reality series. I think that is what tripped me up. But it's not. It's a fully fictional series. Fully fictional series. So then you have just all of the like just kind of teen show drama. But then just in that like that docuseries modern family office parks and rec kind of format where you have like the little asides in the confession cam because that's just now kind of a storytelling shorthand that we all just accept yeah and even though you're wondering who is filming all of these things in these children's homes right yes but alas i think that is the very interesting thing of with both of stages of life that we were in of just watching this and being like these characters are all children. <laughs> I think this is the first time of watching like a teen show of just like not relating to the characters at all of just like at all. Like they're all. literally Maddie and I were just talking about it. They reference Glee in an episode and they're like, "Oh my god, I used to watch that when I was a little kid." And I was like, "Oh my god, I was in high school and college." Help. Same. Like I can't I Mm. I don't know what else to say. It's for real of then, like, I was watching the behind the scenes stuff and the actress who plays Gina, like, they were talking about decoms and, um, it was one of those where they, like, showed a little clip and it was a contest to, like, see who could identify what it was the quickest. Oh, no. And this one girl missed Xenon and that then she's like it was before my time i was born in 2004 and i was just like oh i can't relate oh i can't relate i can't help me it'll make you feel old really fast but still you were like okay so they are children and even the actors who are older than the characters that are playing those are still kind of children as well (laughs) but like they are ridiculously talented. This is a super talented cast. Okay, they really are, though. It irritates me. Because I'm like, this isn't my life. Like Not me. The dancing, like, right off the bat, you're just, like, in awe. And that's amazing. Like, the girl who plays Gina, truly, her dancing is on point. Like, it's ridiculous. And as far as... Like, so many of the singers on here just have such great tone, and um, in particular, my favorite singer out of the whole cast is the actress who plays Ashlyn. (gasps) Oh my god. Yes. Because she was kind of the sneak attack of just the... Did not see that one coming. She was just kind of seen as, like, the quirky best friend slash, like, cousin of, like, the handsome senior and all of that. Which I thought was really frustrating. Sorry to talk over you. Sorry to cut you off. But, like, oh, he's so hot. He's, he's a jug and he's in theater. Oh, and we'll give him this girl as his cousin. It's like, why Why does she have to be so stereotypical? 
of the like opposite of that. I don't like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought it it was kind of meant to like humanize so they're like it's not like the whole family is just like Stepford perfect. So mm. it was to add like some dimension. I guess. But as far as then they like so that character is going to play Mrs. Darbus in the show. And <laughs> so the drama teacher is basically, they couldn't get Kristen Chenoweth, but that this actor has the Kristen Chenoweth isms, but is also just delightful in her own way too. And it's just like, I want a power ballad for Mrs. Darbus. So naturally um, in these type of shows, like half of the cast are just all talented songwriters. It just comes naturally. Oh, just of course, because songs. God forbid you not be super talented at songwriting when you're a teenager. When you're like 15. God! Because so, honestly, Wondering is my favorite song from the series. Because as far as, so you get the HSM classics, but then um, they throw in like some, there's a few different original songs kind of they're well spaced out enough that was one thing that i appreciated of like it really wasn't that overwhelming at all they were used sparingly it wasn't like so overdone and so you know how like in later seasons of glee once they knew of like the itunes revenue and stuff then they try to smash in as many songs as they could in one episode Ugh. like sacrificing the plot or this as far as all the songs are purposely used for storytelling and enhancing the plot as far as both the original stuff and wanting to bring in an HSM number. And so Wondering is just this gorgeous ballad. And so I, now I feel bad. I, I need to look up the actual actress's name because I feel bad just saying... Julia Lester. Okay, so her name is Julia Lester, and she is incredible. Incredible. Like, her belting, her tone, and, like, the amount of emotion that she was putting into it, that it was gorgeous. And I'm like, okay, I stand this character. I love her. She's, like, an underrated gem. Love her. And got to highlight that in the second episode. And that was what I appreciated is throughout this so a lot of these did kind of start in you know your typical high school stereotypes and all of that but then they added more dimension to each of these characters so you got to like understand where they came from a lot more and that there is not just like the broad strokes to it and you got to know and care about the majority of this cast and that they were like fully realized as like truly human characters that oh I agree you fell in love with and were pulling for Oh, yeah. And I think Wondering is kind of one of those pivotal moments that that you're like, okay, so it won't just be like the love triangle or all of that that is the only characters that get to get fleshed out. It's going to be like the whole cast is going to get their their chances to shine in the series. And I really liked that, that everyone did get their moment and it didn't feel, none of them felt rushed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, on Glee, it's like, oh, he's having a moment, she's having a moment, he's having a moment, so is she. And it's like, what even just happened on this episode? You know? Whereas with this, each person gets those moments, but it's nice and spaced out across the ten episodes. 
Yeah, and I thought it, and it was very gradual with parts, and it's like, I loved that. I thought it was really well thought out, and it didn't rush to meet also, what it needed. I think it was brilliant for pacing that they were half-hour episodes and not full hours. Correct. I don't know that I could have been as interested if each episode was an hour. Exactly. You know, like, like some were a little longer than 30, but it was like, like maxed out at 37. So I was like, I could do this. Yeah. And so it's one of those where you can watch an episode or two at a time and like it's a quick fun binge. So definitely yeah. recommend. But it, it helped as far as the pacing and the storylines were very concise, but they weren't rushed either. Yeah. And I liked that because it can get real dicey real fast. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Because I feel like as far as, as we talked about in like the influences that it had, like we've already talked about Glee a couple times and it was definitely very strongly there. Oh yeah. Of just some of the Glee-isms of like this, like the one-liners and the snappy dialogue and, and just some of the ridiculata. And but all. also like the way they shot it too. The way, like the way it was shot because then... So Tim Fetterly is the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And I think he has ties to Glee. Let's find out. You keep talking. I'll look it up. Yeah, and so that there were obviously this like strong influences, but I also think they did stay away from some of the things that made later seasons meaning anything really past like season two uh, of just the hot mess that that show became and there were a couple moments that were like the the lovable ridiculousness that was smash but it was more of just like visual cues less of like the plot stuff because it definitely was still very much a teen high school based story and so you have to like still like that kind of thing for the, you to enjoy the show because if you're in the stage of life that watching things involving high schoolers is just not bringing you in and for some it, people it's, it's not it, it's not gonna be your jam and that's okay like this show isn't real it's only partially for like me and Megan's generation I think they really are trying to bridge this into getting the Gen Z kids into it and so oh yeah yeah, but there were still enough, like, good nuggets as far as the Lucas Grabeel cameo, which was everything, and as far as, like, enjoyable songs and that kind of thing that still had the spirit of HSM to it to make um, our generation still like the show. But it definitely is very much a teen show, so kind of keeping that in mind. And as one of the things that happens in teen shows is... You get plenty of ships, and those good old, good old fashioned love triangles happen, and so Team Ricky all the way, right? Oh yeah. Oh, but side note before we get into it, he had nothing to do with Glee, but because every time that name came up on the credits, I kept thinking, I know that name, I know that name, I know that name. Why do I know that name? He wrote um, a middle grade so far three books in a middle grade series and the first one was called better nate than ever and it was about this little boy named nate who was convinced that he was destined to be the lead in et the musical and he 
decides to skip school and go to New York and audition to become um, the the lead, like I said, in E.T. the musical. And it was one of the funniest books ever. And it's so good. And it's about Broadway and it makes Broadway accessible for like littler kids. And oh, I love it. And now I feel better knowing this. So not Glee. He just wrote about Broadway a lot. Makes sense. Good. But it also makes sense too of like someone that does write for middle grade that like he's not so far removed of like the way the characters talk, they do seem like actual young people, you know? Yeah. And not of like sometimes you get the shows of I still remember of the middle like when I I saw the Riverdale pilot at STCC um, way back when, before it became the juggernaut it is now, that you're just like, oh, why are all these teens talking like 50-year-old gay men? And and I think it has had like a very serious, I think between when you saw it and when it first aired, it was like a very different show. It's gone through many iterations. Evolutions, if you will. Yeah, and so... But they do still sometimes talk. Or it's like, you listen to them talk and you're like, no, a teenager wouldn't say that. <laughs> like, no. No! Are you crazy? No teenager, honestly, no human. But all of but the, but all of the kids school. on High School Musical, they sound like teenagers. They do. Like, in that these kids, they they talk like teenagers and as far as there's not so many like references because the thing is with social media references in actual like traditional media like television and whatnot then it can make things super dated super quickly but it helps of just kind of it's just a part of these kids lives of like watching something like watching something weird on youtube is just something that high schoolers do in their downtime when they're bored right like when he said uh, when Big Red said that to Ricky, he was like, man, I saw this girl on YouTube, swear she said that if she eats her dog's kibble, it'll clear up her psoriasis. I'm like, that sounds like every young person I've ever met. It's accurate. Like, that sounds like the kids I work with It's just work. so internet of like, yeah. Yeah, where I'm just like, what'd you say? What? Okay, that's some weird stuff you find on YouTube only. But like, I thought they all actually sounded like they did they... actually sound like high schoolers, and that helped of just make it kind of fresh, and that it was something new, right? And so, getting into the character dynamics. So obviously, the main like conflict that is brought about in the first episode is that. Nini and Ricky used to date. She said, I love you. With a really cute song. With an adorable song. That is the only thing that tripped me up where I was like, or that was one of the things that did trip me up though, that while they sound like that, they don't necessarily, none of these things would really happen in high school. Like no one would write a song. No one would write a song. Most people would not write a song and then think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write the song. I'm going to put it on Instagram for everyone to see. So then they know how I feel. No. No. 
That is not how someone would first say I love you. They wouldn't say, I'm going to put it on Instagram for everyone to see. No. It's unrealistic. But in kind of the way that, like, a musical TV series is. And so, right. Crane of salt here. Yeah. But so basically, Ricky freaks out, doesn't say it back, and is like, what if we take a pause this summer? And so she comes back from summer break and she's dating ej who is a senior and has like the lead in all the plays but is also on the water polo team and is just kind of that like super stereotypical handsome dude in the letterman's jacket kind of deal and so then it's part of ricky's trying to win nini back and there's just kind of that push and pull and you learn more about ej and he's not exactly great so yeah by the end of it everyone is kind of rooting for nini and ricky to get back together true yeah because like at first just in that like first episode you're like okay i can see this of like the the points of the love triangle are set because then, like, the moment during Nini's audition when the lights go out, and so Ricky brings up his iPhone flashlight to give her lighting, so then, like, EJ pops up with his iPhone flashlight on, like, Oh my god, it's so ridiculous. Like, so they were forming a literal triangle. So like, ridiculous. Symbolism. I get it. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's so great. <laughs> but then as far as it became of like EJ's much more of like a schemer, which just doesn't work with Nini's. Nini's a good person. She's endearing and is just really sweet. And yeah. She, so she's coming into her own in like confidence. But it, what I like is they do kind of take a time to like realize of like, yeah, I'm more confident this year. Because she's trying to do, like, whole, like, Nini 2.0 of, like, now that she has a lead role and is stepping up and is more self-assured, but also realizing, no, I'm not going to, like, compromise my integrity and of, like, who I am of as a person of just being nice just because I'm, like, more confident in myself. I'm not going to, like, cause harm to other people mm-hmm. just because I'm more self-assured and so it shows as far as it's a good thing to show of like you can be confident and still be like a sweet and nice person i loved the episode where she knew that gina was trying to totally sabotage sabotage her so she's like and so she thinks that gina took her cell phone and it was ej but right well what no 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 no. gina is a little at fault because she moved her phone over and said, do with it what you will. Yep. So technically, she she moved it. EJ took it. She moved it, though. She did move it. But she didn't take it. So, <laughs> so when Nini is like, so I took a lot of your things. Because I thought you took my phone. I'm sorry. I don't want to be that person. Or a klepto. I went a little overboard. Like, I'm not going to be a doormat, but I'm not going to be a klepto. And she's like... That she does kind of swing far into the other series where it's like a garbage bag full of, like... Garbage bag! And- I was cracking up. It was so good. Oh, it's so good. I loved that part. 
But she did. She, like, had a very gradual... It wasn't, like, overnight, which I hate when they do that. Yeah. It's so obnoxious. Then have the moment of clarity and self-realization of, like, okay, we went too far with this. Yeah. And then had to do the awkward apology, which I appreciate because most apologies are awkward. And so, like, it was real of them. They're just, like... The conflict between Gina and Nini, like, it was, like, there, it has some of the cattiness of high school, but it wasn't, like, so vicious that, like, it's real of, like, how teenage girls actually have conflict with each other. Which, now that you bring that up, I appreciated that so deeply that they didn't do that. They didn't go so far that they're, like, well, obviously, in this... Nemesis, and, yeah. It, 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 it's, like, at... Obviously, we need a full-on bully. Like, we need that. Like, that's the only way to tell this story appropriately. And I'm glad. I'm glad. They made it, like, more sympathetic. And so by the time that, like, Gina has to move away, like, Nini's sad about it. Like, sad for her that she has to deal with this. And that Nini's the one who invites her to the sleepover when this is, like, the first time. So Gina's kind of the Sharpay of this series of like very much musical theater focused super talented super driven super driven because she what does she say she's like if you're not number one you're nothing at all or so what is it something along those lines yeah in essence it's if you're not second place is first loser kind of mentality yeah if you're not first you're last kind of thing and so like, at first, you're just, like, that's kind of all that she is, just kind of that schemer, but you get to see, like, her home life and all of that of what she has to deal with and why, kind of why she is the way she is of just kind of staying guarded and looking out for herself because, like, who else is going to kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but it highlights of, like, why Nini, as our lead, of why we like her is that she is compassionate and kind of brings the olive branch of they haven't gotten along and it's mainly just been a lot of passive aggression, which is truly, as far as four teenage girls that don't like each other, it's not really, like, true antagonism and bullying. It's just a lot of passive aggression. And that's essentially all of middle school and high school. And also your adult life, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different kind of passive-aggressive, though. It's a different kind. But it doesn't entirely go away. It doesn't, but it it shifts. Because I feel like when you're a a younger kid, you're trying not to be passive-aggressive. But when you're an adult, you're like, "Mm, thank you so much. Oh, Thank you! Oh, bless your heart. Yeah, you get really, like, overt and, like, obvious in your passive aggression, I feel, when you're older. Whereas when you're younger, you're kind of like, I don't want to come off as super mad or mean or something, so I'll just say this instead. Whereas now, you're like, I'm going to come off mean, but I'm going to pretend I'm not. But we know. Because this is what we have determined is socially acceptable. Yes. But as far as in, like, the characters that we love, like, Nini is our lead uh, as far as really the series is most focused on Nini and Ricky. And mm. yeah, but you you do like her that she's not just like 
because sometimes I have a hard time connecting with ingenue characters. Just Gabriella herself. Like, yes, I agree. Ah. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, Mimi's relatable of that, like, has talent and all of that, but is just, like, just now coming into her own. And that is true as far as, like, the timing of it. So, like, most of the cast is, like, juniors in high school. And it is kind of when you are a junior that you're, like, starting to just finally get a grasp of, like, I think this is kind of the person I am and am planning on being. And so there's still a lot of learning and evolving to do, but that is when you're just starting to kind of be a bit more sure of yourself. Oh, yeah. Like, it's kind of starting that arc. Like, it's really not till, like, your mid-20s point that you kind of feel a bit more firm in that, but it is kind of that junior in high school, 16 or so, when you're like, okay, this is... Like, these are the things I want out of life, and I'm starting to kind of go towards that. Yeah. You kind of, you see that at Nini as far as that she has this desire to perform and, like, to be seen and recognized for her talent and all of that, but that she's also kind and compassionate and, like, super caring and isn't going to let, like, that part of herself slip either. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she values those traits as well and, like, the people she surrounds herself with. But, like, I did genuinely like her as a lead. And then Olivia Rodrigo, as far as super talented as far as actors, because pretty much all of these characters are, all of the actors in this show are pretty much unknowns as far as haven't been in anything I've seen before, like, anything to, like, this level of size, you know? And so, yeah. as an introduction to this talent, she was a very compelling actress. And then also, as far as does have a gorgeous voice, sometimes a little too affected for my taste, but of like kind of, you know how sometimes in a like hipstery way of just like pronouncing words weird mm-hmm. when you sing? Yeah. That's kind of just a musical pet peeve of mine, but can also have the fuller musical theater tone kind of like in her start of something new audition but I just I'm super blown away by the level of talent in this cast it's crazy especially considering how young they are and that this is kind of like their first big thing you know because then then getting to Joshua Bassett like who plays Ricky because mm-hmm. he has kind of the emotional heavyweight stuff of the series his, yeah. Along with just all of the high school drama, Ricky has to go through like his parents' separation and all of that, and them splitting up and having to adjust with that. And there's some scenes that really just break your heart. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like when at the dance, and Carlos asks the only other gay boy, "Will you go to the dance with me? Will you dance?" Da 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 da. And then he said, uh, we should go together, whatever. And then he's at the dance by himself and the boy doesn't show up. And you're like, oh my God, my heart, it hurts. True. I, I was meaning specifically just as, as far as of Josh's performance, but oh. yeah, there, there's, oh, yeah, that too. Moments, there's definitely moments throughout the series that like, I totally cried. Yeah. But, I mean, you're right. Like, he, the whole, like, anything with um, 
his family. The mom, yeah, and the family stuff. Yeah, anything and... that has to do with that. You're just like, wow. And I was I was just telling Megan as far as in the final episode, once again, not how high school relationships work, but this is not at all. And so this is what we want from our entertainment. <laughs> so he does this grand love confession, but it's just kind of like, it's very emotional and it's just bubbling to the surface and it's just all of these things just coming, like, just flowing out of Ricky. And the whole scene is improvised. And you're, because as far as the director just told Joshua of like, just talk to her and eventually just lead up to the point where you tell tell her you love her but like what kind of anecdotes and things that you so he kind of drew stuff from previous relationships and just kind of had these like cute stories of like from Nene and Ricky's history growing up and it just felt so natural and real and the fact that he just like just brought that in an improvisation I can't I can't I can't I can't I don't know how like, to process I'm, it. I'm possibly more impressed with this cast than the original High School Musical cast. Of like, oh. this is what you're bringing in your first thing, then like... Oh, I'm far more it. impressed with them than I'm even close to. I mean, there's there's a very large gap. Yeah, because as far as... Because this cast is like full-on TV acting instead of decom acting. You know? Yeah, but the, I mean... The original High School Musical, like I said, I hate Vanessa Hudgens' voice as Gabriella. I think it's so irritating. So, like... Speaking voice. Yeah. I, I hate it. It's so bad and so annoying. And it's like, no one sounds like that. Stop. Please. So Unless she... You're a contestant on The Bachelor. Like. Oh, God. Ugh. So, no. I hate it. It's awful. Make it stop. But I just didn't feel like I was super attached to all of that acting. Whereas I thought this, I was like, I'm invested. I'm invested in these performances. And so, like, between that being improved and then also as far as in that finale episode, besides wondering, the uh, my other famous favorite um, original song from the series is Just For A Moment, which was actually written by Joshua Bassett and Olivia Rodrigo. Me too. So from the two leads that they wrote that song together and that it's kind of cool as far as like their first major project that they wrote that song and were able to like submit it to the show runners and stuff and they recognize like this is actually a really good song and <laughs> as far as their voices just play off of each other so well that like it they layer perfectly and so to get like use that as far as like in like a major Disney show is super impressive as far as for that young talent and so I am excited to see where their careers go outside of this but also um so we already are renewed for a season two so oh yeah looking forward of just kind of seeing more songs and more of these performances and all of that so Megan as far as who was so I think really as far as Ricky and Ashlyn were my favorite characters from from the whole series, but for you, who are your favorite characters? Ashlyn and Carlos. And Big Red. Because Carlos was a dream. Ooh, actually, you know who else was one of my favorites? Carlos was a dream. I thought he was hilarious, and he had so much depth and so much heart, and I just thought he was amazing. And I loved Big Red because he said the 
dumbest stuff. Just the dumbest. But it was, like, to make other people, like, happy and forget about what's going on. And Ashlyn had by far the most amazing voice. She was just so good. But you know who I liked? So, 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 so much. Yes. Was Courtney. I loved Courtney so much. She had some of my favorite lines. She had, her and Carlos had some of the single greatest one-liners in the entire season. The the sass was strong with both of them. Oh, it was strong. Very strong. And also just the fashion in the show, too. Like, there were some looks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There were some leaks. Yeah, but what I do appreciate is also that they were like they weren't just like one-liner machines too because that's another sitcom trope where these characters that do have those great comedic moments that's that's like all they give to a scene, but no, that they also have a lot of great heart and like really great dynamics with the other characters and all of that, but makes it an enjoyable for them to be on screen other than just like here's my sassy line and then fading into the background of the scene after that yeah i just thought oh it was so good they were all so good i just loved courtney i just want her Mm -hmm. to talk all the time and her voice is (gasps) incredible i love how they like kind of kept it like not there and then, I mean, they did. And she did the karaoke with Nini, but then yeah. she like went for. But that for was still like halfway through this this. Evening. Yeah, and then she really went for it when they went to what was it, the El Rey? Yeah, the like kind of rundown theater. Well, yeah, whatever it was called, it was. The, her yeah. voice literally broke the sound system. Broke the sound system. Because why not have kind of a almost gospely version of Bop to the Top that just has like oh my god riffs. right those riffs I once again auditory auditory medium so you don't exactly get to see me like throw my hand like praise hands in the air but that that is what I did just by just by mere thought of her riffs yeah oh, Lord yes yes she was killing it killing it loved it. Her voice I was most impressed by of when folks sing live, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Because then, yeah, and, like, Carlos as a dancer, I'm super impressed with just that talent, but the heart of that dance episode of, like, in, like, in the homecoming sequence and... Also would never happen. Also just delightful and adorable. Like he's just precious. And that as far as that there was an actual farming accident. Oh my god. Oh my god. I had to hit pause just so I could laugh so hard and I immediately texted you and I was like, Oh my god (laughs) He was stuck in the barn because there was a cow accident (laughs) Because they were I like that they're like Ashlyn's trying to make Carlos feel better of like the make it feel like he's not getting stood up and and that was one of my favorite one liners of the season maybe he got stuck in traffic it's Salt Lake City we haven't had traffic since the 2002 Olympics 
well, maybe there's like a farming accident or something. <laughs> and he just looks over like that's not a real thing. That's but not a real, a real thing. Because one of the cows died, and then <laughs> then Carla says, "I'm sorry about your cow." Which I I couldn't. I couldn't. And so my precious babies got to dance together, and I, I felt happy for them. I loved it. Also, Seb's vocals on the Sharpay parts were... So good. Choice. I, I, I loved, like, his bid and stick to the status quo during the actual show. I was like, okay. I, I now feel a lot better about this choice of having a male Sharpay. It works. You just need someone with that level of stage presence. I loved it. I did. They were precious and just so pure. And I just so like how normal it was of just the just them getting to like it wasn't a huge coming out story. It was just like two teens going to a dance together. Yeah, that was it. And I loved that because um that's not often in Disney. They don't often have um LGBTQ characters. They had that one and what was that show called? Alex Mack or Andy Mack? Yeah, I'm thinking of something else, but I know it's Andy Mack. Alex Mack Mack is the is the original, and Andy Mack is kind of the modern reboot, right? Spinoff. So yeah, yeah, so they had you know a character on there, but that was like something that not a lot of people were watching. This is something a whole mess of people are going to be watching. So it's like this is good. This is progress. We love that. We love that. We do, and they were just. They were so cute. They were fresh. And then as far as speaking of kind of transitioning to the characters, we didn't love when Mr. Matazara <gasps> was mean to Carlos. Ugh. I was ready to throw hands. Oh, I was ready to jump through that screen. You don't talk to students that way. Especially not- any, like a child. Because, once again, these are still children. And so, of like, throwing out that you should be, like, focused on having, like, friends under the age of 35. And you're like, you know, dude, shut up. Yeah. Because as someone who didn't have friends but was friends with the teachers, like, you do what you can to get through high school. Yeah. And... I like that, like, Miss Jen really does step up, but just, like, do not talk to my students that way ever again. Yeah. That made me mad. And I know they try to, like, have him come around, and you're... He's getting there. But after that line, I was like, okay, you you have a lot you need to overcome. He was not my... Uh-uh. Mm-mm. I wanted to fight him after that. I was like, you're canceled. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Cool. And then... Also, of characters that are the worst, is Ricky's mom, <gasps> who I understand, like, I can't imagine how, like, hard of an experience, and sometimes that is the better thing for all parties involved, but the way, like, they just drop it, and then that she just has her boyfriend just, like, answer the phone for her and is like, oh, my God, that would... I've heard so much about you, and, like, that's what Ricky has to hear, like, on Thanksgiving. Like, I think in the, like, four years my mom has been with my stepdad, I think he's answered her phone once. Once. You don't answer... Which also proves that 
when she comes home and she's like, we're having, we're getting legally separated. And then like two weeks later, so I've heard so much about you. I'm your new dad, basically. What? No, get away from me. Get away from me. You just, you just filed for legal separation. And you're like, I don't like you, lady. I don't like you one bit. And then that she has him come to like opening night of the musical and then that Todd shows up like crazy late so just gets to like walk straight to the front and because that makes sense act one finale like yeah and and then is all like super surprised that her son is upset by that (laughs) which it's like if you man if you knew your kid at all you would know that would not be acceptable I hate it well, I guess it makes us feel better about his dad's flirtation with Miss Jen. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was so great. It was super cute. Oh, yeah. And because sometimes Miss Jen was very cartoonish in, like, her overdramaticness and all of that. But I can relate. some very nice, like, human, like, moments for her of, like, adding a bit more dimension and all of that, like how empathetic she was to Ricky when like he did say of like my parents are splitting up and that she was actually there for him and that she stood up for Carlos and just had these moments when she really came into her own as a teacher and was like there for her students oh I loved it so you really grew to like her as a character yeah that like she was an actual person and not just like a overdramatic stereotype and all of that yeah I loved it and so, also, characters didn't enjoy so those two. And then, yeah, I was really disappointed that by the end of the season, you just don't like EJ at all. Like, I knew I was definitely going to have a side in the love triangle. Mm-hmm. But not that it would just swerve so definitely of, like, yeah, no, Nini doesn't have to talk to you, like, ever again. and you Like, ever again. And, yeah. Like, don't steal people's phones. Um, That's no, and I love how he's like, if I just apologize, it'll be fine. You stole her phone, and here's my thing. No one in high school is going to give you their password. So, and no one in high school has a non-password-protected phone. So, he f- had to look it over his shoulder, remembered her password, opened it, went through, deleted a voicemail. Excuse you? No? Yeah, no, he... he- said he knew what the passcode was because he tells Ashlyn what it is when he shows like the voicemail to her gross yeah gross there's no it doesn't matter if you apologize you're like at bay we're done forever goodbye yeah no steal my phone and go through it and then return it like you didn't steal it get away from me and none for EJ Castle bye (laughs) bye so by the end, I'm like, yeah, we don't need you. You can you can so see now, yourself like, out. Now I like as far as that I don't think there will be any more like triangle nonsense that really it's just going to be like more now the conflict is between Nini like having feelings for Ricky and then also the whole like conservatory school of whether or not she's going to go to that, which is also a very high school musical plot. Oh, right. I know. Ties it back because like remember how... Gabriella got to like some kind of early admission thing for Stanford where she got to like show up in the spring semester or something so like wicked early yeah 
Yeah, because that makes sense. Yeah. But, as we mentioned, as far as, so, yeah, I'm just impressed as far as, so, in just like 10 half-hour episodes, we have a lot of feelings about these characters already. Obviously. So there's characters we really like and characters that we strongly are just kind of just done with. And so that's a lot to do in just like a short period of time. So I'm impressed with like the economy of storytelling in there. Mm -hmm. And so then kind of transitioning, I know we've talked about a lot of the songs, but just kind of breaking it down with like the original songs there. So I think like first original song, I think you're kind of, you know, is just kind of really cute. Like while I don't think and like as you were saying kind of unrealistic to post that to Instagram as like a love confession but in terms of just being like a cutesy song that a high schooler would probably like put on YouTube or something yeah it it, it is kind of believable and adorable and just kind of that it's a very much a ukulele just kind of cutesy song and so I, I found it endearing I thought I found it very endearing. And in both versions of Nini singing it and then also Ricky singing it. I, and I thought the acoustic version was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But Wondering, I mean, Wondering was, is like such a great ballad. That, yeah. Because that one as far as while most things were like, oh my gosh, this is all like such about the use and I can't identify... Wondering is a song that you can identify with as far as, like, realizing some of the dreams that you had, like, they're not happening, and then just kind of, you're having those what-ifs of, like, if you just landed right in the middle of that, where, like, everything that you did dream of, like, totally happened, would that fix things? Probably not, but... Probably not. You still kind of just think about it, and which is, like, really good... Like, it's a belty song, but not, like, there were strong notes and stuff, but not, like, over-riffing, because, like, over-riffing just kind of takes away from some of the emotion in that, Mm -hmm. and so, really just super impressed by that, and then I liked, I love when talented songwriters write bad songs, because then they're just so perfect, and they're, like, not a great songness, because A Billion Sorries is kind of, like, this early Justin Bieber riff rip off that's true kind of because you know how like in those of like bad pop songs written by good songwriters of you know like why did you do that and mm-hmm. Star is born yeah it's in that vein of like you've listened to enough like cheesily terrible pop to be able to just like write one of those that you're like okay the hook is catchy but it is also a legit terrible song yeah yeah and born to be brave like that one's fun it did that was one of those moments that did feel the most glee (laughs) true but in kind of a good way like you know the comparison to it isn't like all bad yeah it's just not all great either (laughs) just not all great And 
the like then the original song that they did as far as for like defending Miss Jen was just super cute. Oh my god, how cute! They were like, yeah, it, we stayed up all night really and we sweet. wrote this together, and I was like, I thought that was so cute. And please excuse, dear listeners. Um, I have a person in my apartment complex who regularly triggers his car alarm and it takes a while for it to pass so bear with us with the sirens in the background Mm -hmm. all as well (laughs) the fun of recording a podcast so fun yay it stopped okay yeah and like out of the old as far as some of the nini songs kind of blended together a bit they're just they're very pleasant sounding but like none of the ballads like the other ballads hit as strong as wondering for mm-hmm. me. and then roll of a lifetime featuring lucas grabiel so good lucas grabiel y'all his voice is so good and he's so much fun and was just fully owning his ryanness and that just kind of made it great i loved it and then finally as far as last original song in the Ooh. season was just for a moment which we already talked about yeah. that yeah, because that one, like, because the ones I did love, so just for a moment and wondering, they're good songs in the series and, like, the story context and the character emotions and all of that, but they're also just good songs that when it just shows up in Shuffle in your, like, Apple Music or Spotify playlist, you're like, okay, I'm down, and are just kind of enjoyable just to jam on its own merits, which, it's good to have those songs, too, which bode well as far as... We'll see how big this series catches on because streaming, you're not able to really gauge how successful. Yeah, that's what's are. difficult. Like it's it hasn't gotten like Mandalorian huge because that's, that's a little difficult. <laughs> it's a little difficult to pull that off because you it's have like the Star Wars base, Baby Yoda. It's hard to pass Baby Yoda. Like, if that's your benchmark, it's going to be hard for anything really. It's going to be real hard. Uh, Well, until Loki happens. Yeah, so um, a lot of the... We will see, because a lot of the Marvel stuff that is coming on Disney+, Plus, the timetables got moved up on a lot of those so that's good news for us when they do come out we will cover them but in the meantime there'll be plenty of other goodness to cover but yeah so megan overall impressions of i was impressed i thought it was going to be one thing turned out to be a very different thing i thought it was going to be cheesy it ended up being a very nice and pleasant watch i loved the original songs these kids are stupidly talented which annoys the ever-living daylight out of me. It annoys me. It annoys me. It annoys me how talented they are. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to lie. I don't want to pretend. It annoys me. I am not that talented, and it bothers me. It bothers me. Uh, but no, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a really... First of all, how dare you? <laughs> I thought it was a really good story. I liked it. The pacing was nice. I don't like when shows just blitz through storylines. The storylines didn't feel muddy. It was very concise. I liked it a lot. What'd you think? I very much agree with your sentiments. And so I was expecting a hot mess. So I think that helps as far as 
managing your expectations of it's still kind of ridiculous but like the ridiculous factor it's just just the right amount but it also has enough like compelling like character beats and story arcs in development and just overall talent in the cast to counterbalance some of the just like craziness of like any kind of musical tv show just kind of has that level of just absurdity yeah and it is it, it's part of like part for the course of what you're getting there and so they manage that balance really well so it's as far as you have some of the camp aspect to it but also that there's that heart and i love that and so because it could have been pretty vapid i definitely think as far as it's something like definitely would recommend if you have youth youths in your life youths um to have your small people watch them watch the show and they'll they'll enjoy it and get hooked on the songs and all of that but also pleasant for very much our like I hate throwing out the generation tags and stuff but millennials are definitely super oh I agree and you know what else is good that we didn't mention is that it's very realistic in terms of high school relationships like it's not Riverdale (laughs) where you're looking at it like that's not real (laughs) would never happen in high school it actually is very grounded in reality and that's something that we should focus on because it's like these kids can be watching these shows and thinking well my high school relationship isn't like that is it weird no it's more like this oh it's more like this like it it's more in the to all the boys i've loved before yeah like just for comparison if if you did like enjoy to all the boys like it is very much in that vein of that kind of high school experience. Like, Nene and Laura Jean would be Oh, for friends. sure. Yes. For sure. For sure. And so, that's what I'll have to say about that. And I'll definitely be watching season oh, yeah. two. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely going to watch gonna season see how two. how things unfold. And, like, supre- want to see how, like, the cuteness totally shipping nini and ricky at this point and also ashlyn and big they're so cute you know what else i'm excited to see more of in season two and we we forgot somehow to mention this because we're so focused on the young cast is that i love that nini has two moms i love that she has two moms and such a cute grandma who seems very sprightly to be living in a um senior home but okay whatever (laughs) but i'm very excited to watch season two i thought it was a really good first solid season and i think it's gonna continue to gain momentum yeah i think it's something more word of mouth and all of that too as for because these people are all unknowns the whole cast is unknown so it's like it's hard there's no real like selling point because I think too, since it it premiered right at the drop of Disney Plus, that it came out the same time. Yeah, and people were so laser focused. So my prediction is, when season two comes out, a lot of people will binge season one and then get. Oh, I think so too. I think so too. Which I think happens a lot now with streaming shows, is where it might not 
it doesn't catch to the full potential of its audience in the first season and it's really that second season when it kind of hits its prime oh yeah yeah so that's our thoughts on high school musical the musical the series and so that will be concluding our time at east for now now. we didn't say for forever we said for now but for now and so um we'll be teasing as far as um scheduling might be a little wonky as far as hopefully within the next week but also i'm going to walt disney world next week so um we'll see as far as with the recording also we'll be covering (gasps) princess and the frog next and just teasing we have a very special guest who i am super excited to talk with and so um her insights and it's going to be a really fun discussion on that it's one of the best disney movies that no one talks about so it's one of my favorites ever. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Um, you can follow us on Twitter as far as at Once Upon a Stream and also our individual accounts. Um, but once again, thank you so much for listening. Um, feel free as far as to share this out uh, as far as we're available wherever you can stream podcasts. So, And especially on Apple Podcasts, those five-star reviews and really do help with visibility so those are always appreciated thanks again for listening i've I've been been megan bye bye